Racers, a Star Wars podcast. It's Matt and Damon with the heels, of course, still being uh, a daddy and um, figuring all his stuff out. And good luck to you, Alan. We wish you nothing but the best. We will continue saying this every week that you are not with us. May the force be with you, my friend. Um, Matt, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a pretty nice day here. It almost feels like spring has come. What's your temperature you know, out there? It was like four or five degrees. I went for a walk this afternoon with my girlfriend. It was absolutely beautiful. Got to wear like rain boots because all the snow's melting so much, basically. And Very nice. Yeah. Friday night was freezing. I went out with a buddy for some for some drinks and I walked home and that was a really cold night. And now it's probably <laughs> like, feels like there might have been like a 20 degree swing in temperature since Friday night to Sunday afternoon. So, but who knows? Maybe spring's here. Maybe this is a false lull into sense of security here that uh, winter's going to catch you again. Yeah, it might catch me again. Who knows? We had weird weather this year. I guess that's been a increasing have, trend everywhere. But yeah, no kidding. Like mm-hmm. we're we're sitting at minus ten right now in southern Manitoba, and we are in for a week of plus temperatures, mm-hmm. like almost double digits, and that's that's exciting. Wow. However, I I hate this because we have. We have two dogs. One's a Shih Tzu, and one is a Siberian Husky. Mm. And when we take the Husky out for walks, when it's like this, it's slushy and wet. He is a mess. Oh yeah, I could imagine that. Like it is <clears> all the hairy dogs. Mm-hmm. Just almost bath time every single time. It's so frustrating, but mm. he's a good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, this week on the podcast, we've got some fun stuff for you. I uh, watched a video of star wars theory uh i'm like he's he's got to be the biggest content creator when it comes to star wars outside of actually disney right like he's one of them for the most part yeah he's, i would say like at least dedicated star wars because yes. there's a lot that do a lot of other just nerd things in general Correct. like emergency awesome and and whatever like they all kind of do the same thing but he just seems to do star wars well and he like so. he he does have other um, channels that he does focus things on. I think he's got a Harry Potter one and okay. uh, he's got a Marvel one and all that kind of stuff. But his Star Wars, like it's, it is Star Wars driven, Star Wars dedicated. The dude is a massive Star Wars fan. Um, mm-hmm. As we all saw back when Mandalorian season two finished up and Luke came out and he released a video of his reaction and he was crying. And then it kind of exploded because it was a Pablo Hidalgo 
had tweeted something out. I don't even understand the whole thing. I think it's just a misunderstanding, but that's just me. Anyway, something about like, oh, the uh, emotions are not the Jedi way or something along that line. I can't remember. I don't have the exact quote, but uh, theory took offense to it and kind of, and then like the, the star Wars fandom went bonkers with this. Like you heard about this, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit. And yeah, it just, it, it, it seemed unnecessary what kind of transpired from that whole thing. Anyway, he went into, he was on his nerd theory podcast uh, with this other guy. Um, and his name escapes me at the moment. I think it's Josh and he does like a, a den of nerds podcast. The den mm-hmm. of nerds. Anyway, they were talking about the Gina Carano situation um, and some other things. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes. First though, let's get the news out of the way. Do you have any news that you want to throw our way? The only news that I saw was that they have cast Ezra Bridger. Yes. In the new, I guess it's Ahsoka. Did it, they announce it, what show he's going to be in? It looks like it's Ahsoka. <clears throat> it looks and like it's Ahsoka. It's the dude from Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I think it's actually a pretty good casting. Um, They've also announced Bad Batch is going to release on May the 4th. Yeah, I saw that one as well. Disney yeah. Plus. Finally, after we complained last week about it, eh? Yeah, it's no like, kidding. Something's wrong. They're not That's us. We, we did that. Our f- we did it. Our five to ten listeners made that happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then maybe more significant than that, apparently there is a new female lead that won't be Cara Dune for Mando Season 3. They haven't announced who it is. They haven't announced who will be playing the part, anything like that. It looks like, obviously, with um, Gina Carano being... She wasn't even fired. They just didn't renew her contract. Mm. And so they're going a different direction, obviously. And they're going to have a new female lead into that. How, what are well, your thoughts on that? That's fine. I don't, I don't really care about I mean, Cara Dune was great. But you know what? If she's not integral to the storyline, she's not integral to really anything. I liked her story. It was kind of neat to see like the, the former Alderaan shot yeah. her type thing it's going to be kind of a pain to or not a pain it's going to be kind of disappointing to not find out about that but if they you know maybe they want to put her in an animated show mm. put Cara Dune's character in an animated show and continue her story that way that would be pretty cool absolutely that's a good um, idea actually I don't know who the um who the new female lead is I mean there's a lot of a lot of people that could be could it just simply be Sabine Wren and they're just trying to spin it to get some some clicks right Ooh, that's a good call who knows? But you right? fig- like, you got to figure that Sabine is going to be in the Ahsoka show. Yeah, and probably Mando. I would. You think, I would you think they'll cross over? Eh? I do. I um, do. I guess with all the Mandalorian content that's going to be coming out, right? Especially with him having the dark saber and what looks to be some sort of competition is the wrong word, but uh, battle upcoming between uh, Din Djarin and. Um, Bo-Katan? Bo-Katan. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It. Um, I feel like Sabine has a place in that story, especially yes. since she was a wielder of the Dark Saber and she voluntarily gave it up. Does that you make know? her still the owner of the Dark Saber? Because we've always heard when it comes to that kind of thing, you can only lose the Dark Saber in battle. She never lost it in battle. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Something because... for, I guess, Filoni to figure out for us, maybe, and let us know. Because that's huge. Yeah. Because we we saw Bo-Katan have it at the in Rebels. 
And mm-hmm. then we find out that, um, well, even before that, when Maul had the dark saber, he lost his battle to the emperor, mm-hmm. and which would mean that the emperor is the wielder of the dark saber. Mm-hmm. But he, like, he just Maul just has it again in season seven of yeah. Clone Wars. Like, it's just weird. They kind of forgot that that whole battle existed, almost. Right? Yeah. I think there's definitely a story there, but I, I would well, like to know what that story is. And we, and we find out, cool. yeah, and we find out in season seven of Clone Wars that the Mandalorians, like Maul's Maldalorians, mm-hmm. um, I guess sprung them from galactic jail, if you if mm-hmm. it were. But they still have to get the Darksaber, and that was a thing. Yeah, so it, yeah big know. time story there. I, you know who should be that female character? That Tatooine... Uh, What's her face? I forget her name. The comedian. Who the plays, one who she plays the mechanic? a game. Yeah, the mechanic. She plays babysitter to Grogu. She should be the okay. character. Like, why not? Yeah, she's good. I she thought she was pretty funny. Yeah, she doesn't have to be... And then maybe you make her a badass. I don't know. Obviously, yeah. Cara Dune's a, a totally different situation because I loved that they made her Ald- Alderanian and mm-hmm. Iranian, whatever you want to call it. And I love that she was a shock trooper with the Republic because there's so much story to be in there. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, yeah, it could be really anything, anyone. So I'll, I'll just be excited for it probably no matter what. So I just hope. We just need more Star Wars content. That's all. Yeah, that's it. Bring it, bring it sooner rather than later. Yes, especially with Obi-Wan. I guess it's in pre-production right now. So they're almost ready to roll as far as filming, and I can't imagine it would be that long. Seeing Probably a month what, or two, six or eight month or eight weeks of content there, like mm-hmm. episodes. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's lots to lots to kind of sift through. Um, Loki jumping mm-hmm. over to Marvel. Loki's releasing this year, like mm-hmm. Juneish. So that's pretty cool and exciting. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, Star Wars, Disney Plus. They they they, they need to really roll. need to get it going. Though they did just add Star mm-hmm. to their content, and there's some awesome stuff in there. But that's yeah. all 18 plus, right? Or like, you have to be 18 plus to be able to. Um, okay, so you say your age it. limit on your account now, and yeah, okay. Which I get because there is some stuff in there that I would want my kids watching. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, like. Um... Star was uh, Spartacus, right? Yeah. Gods of the Arena. Yeah, that's definitely not for kids. <laughs> <laughs> All and right, similar, let's similar shows. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Let's get into this this whole mess of the Star Wars theory, um, nerd theory podcast. I was watching an episode of it earlier this week, and I was blown away by what they were talking about. So they covered they covered the Gina Carano stuff uh, a little bit, and the Josh guy was kind of on the fence on what happened. He he does think it's a mistake that Disney fired her, but again, mm-hmm. they didn't fire her. They're just, they just let her contract end mm-hmm. and they're not renewing it. That's a big difference. Yeah. So they're not even like all this. Oh, I fight for Gina Carano stuff. Like for what, what are you fighting for? She didn't get canceled. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, she it's can, not like Amber Heard recently. Right? exactly it's not the same thing not even close like she ran her mouth off on social media which is her 
her in every right. And we've we've hashed this out the past couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Like it's big news, and that's the thing, and that's the problem. This is the top news in Star Wars right now, is the Gina Carano stuff. Mm-hmm. Personally, I liked what she brought as Cara Dune. I thought her character was cool, like you said. But at the same time, when you compare your political affiliation party to the Holocaust, I don't I don't care who you are, it's not a good idea. No. Now unless Pedro, like yeah, unless it's like you're comparing the Uyghurs. Right? Yeah, because that's actually a genocide. Like right? that's you know, the Republican yeah. Party is not uh, it's, in it's the not, middle of something like that at all. Not even close. It's totally inappropriate. Um, was it anti-Semitic? No, I don't think it was anti-Semitic at all. Mm-hmm. She didn't say any hateful things towards the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. So, no, people just throwing that out there, it, you're being foolish. Yeah. And clickbaity. Mm-hmm. And then the whole, well, Pedro Pascal did a comparison with the uh, with the holocaust and world war ii and the jews and the nazis and things like that yeah he did um he was comparing children in cages it's still bad mm-hmm. because it's a comparison to a time in people's lives that were horrible now granted kids being in cages immigrants and things like that that's horrible <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's still inappropriate and disney told him stop mm-hmm. and he did yeah Gina Carano did not. She kept going. Continue. She had a TV show in the works from all reports that she was going to be that one that led that um, New Republic show. Yeah, she's going to be the the ranger. Yeah. Yeah. And she kept pushing the envelope as far as who she was politically and all this thing. But, But, like, I followed Gina Carano from the start of her time on Mando. And I know of her from MMA as well. She never posted stuff politically like this before. No. So to me, this was, she got pushed into a corner. Okay, well, I'm going to push back. Because that's who she is as a human being. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Yeah. Disney has every single right in their legal minds to be able to not continue to affiliate with her. Mm -hmm. And And I don't understand how Star Wars fans are letting this divide them. Like, are you much of a Star Wars fan? if this is what's going to push you off of the Star Wars fandom. No. Right? I don't think so. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a really weird hill to die on. Yeah, and I don't think it's, that should be such a big thing either. No! It's like, this person ran their mouth, they need to go. You know, like, that's, you know. Everybody's like, oh, if you don't agree with Disney's politics, you're you're out. I'm like, well, no, Disney can't really also have politics. It's not like you can only like Star Wars if you follow Disney's polit- political lines either. Are we really going to sit there and say that Disney is the far left? Disney's a multi-mega corporation. Yeah, no, Disney is an absolutely not. They're a, a far right company. If anything, right? They're a corporation that looks to make money above all else. Yes. It's the only reason that this is an issue is because they think that people look We'll pull, pull out. We'll pull out or pull business or stop watching. It's the only reason that they, they came down on Gina Carano for this because they don't want to have that kind of association because it looks bad on their brand. That's the no. only reason. 100%. 100%. It has so nothing I, to do with politics. I, I it has don't, everything to do with money. Yeah, because if, if Pedro Pascal 
who is far, he's he leans left in his political viewings. If he keeps running his mouth, he gets fired. Yeah, and he's a masked, helmeted character. He's not yeah, a he's, person he's... To, re to replace. There's only one yeah. character that's easier to replace on that show, and it's a puppet named Grogu. Like, that's yeah. it. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't replace a, a character easier than him. Like, you never needed to show his face, ever. Mm -hmm. you, could, you could do this show for the rest of the time with him not showing his face. Mm -hmm. And have a similar voice actor. Exactly. And he never takes off his helmet. The only way you would ever be able to find out is when you're watching the credits after and Pablo or uh, Pedro Pascal's name doesn't pop up. That's it. Like, mm -hmm. it boggles my mind that this is such a story within the Disney community because it doesn't well, I, to be. I think I, I, I'm going to guess that it's probably because we haven't had a lot of news lately. You're and right. And so there is, there is nothing else to really talk about Disney if they really wanted to quiet this down. Maybe I'll that was like, pump out some news. You know, March the fourth or May the fourth. Yeah, maybe that's why we got this bad batch announcement now. You know, maybe that's why we got this announcement of Ezra Bridger's casting now because it's like, okay, we can't let this stupid media circus keep going on. Like, who gives a crap? This isn't important to us. Let's get fans talking about Star Wars again. One hundred percent. Now, continuing with the the Star Wars theory thing, I, I, what are your thoughts on him as a whole? Um. Yeah, I watched quite a few of his videos, actually. Um, I, I like them. He always dropped a lot of really cool, interesting things. I kind of thought it was a little much a lot of the times. What know, do you mean by that? Going into, like, the voice acting and, like, the... The behind-the-scenes stuff, like he knew everything. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, he's just a really big fan of Star Wars, you know, and he wants to show that with this this program that he's started to do, and now he's become popular because, you know, it shows up on everyone's YouTube hits or front page or whatever if you're, you know, into nerdy stuff like me, right? That's how I figured it found him out. I never went looking for him. It just yeah. showed up in my recommended or suggested videos feed. And let's not so be silly. Watching like, it. He's got over 2 million subs. Yeah, on YouTube, right? That's which huge. is a lot. That's huge. Like yeah. the dude literally makes his money off of his YouTube. Oh yeah, I'm sure he makes quite a bit of money off of YouTube. Well, way a bit of money. Well, he put out that fan film, mm -hmm. um, Shards of the Past, I believe it's called, 16 minutes long. It cost him a ton of money. Disney was like, "You can't make money off of this." Mm -hmm. And he was kind of like, okay, well, I don't... proprietary rights. <laughs> yeah, like you it... can't do it. I can't go and like start, you know, rip apart a PS5 and put the same components in and slap a PS5 sticker on it and say, oh, nope, sorry, Sony. It's right, the it's the same. It's the it's MK5. The same kind of, right, it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't I, like when when that whole because there was a big schmall about that too was that uh, Disney was putting the kibosh on it because it's Disney's property. Mm -hmm. And lots of people, of course, pulled the, oh, well, it's better than the, the sequels, so that's why they're doing this. Like, no, they're not. They're that's not. They're, protect they're protecting their, their property, and they have yeah. every right to do that. Um, yeah. You had to change the music up in it because, again, John Williams... I would imagine Disney and all the lawyers and things of that nature were like, no, you can't do that. That's our music. Yeah. So you had to create music uh, and, and hire people to be able to create music that is Star Wars Z 
but not Star Wars music. So uh, it's just I, I like the level of people that are were bashing Disney because of that. I'm like, what do you expect? And I can't go to the store and have them put Yoda on a cake. Why can this guy make a video? That is that is that says Star Jedi Wars in a movie that says Star Wars with all this like it's Darth it's all the Vader, same the Emperor. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same copyright law. Yeah. Right? It's all the same. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter how you're doing it. You still can't do it. I personally I don't like copyright laws. Yeah. But it is still the law and you do have to obey it, right? Yeah. Or you're gonna be slapped with an injunction and a fine and everything you made off the product that you stole uh from, basically. Yeah. Uh you have to give that money to the people that came up with the idea because it's like, theirs. As much like, as I don't like that idea, that's just the way that it is, and we all have to accept it. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like I, I'm in the very beginnings of maybe writing something, as far mm-hmm. as a Star Wars content is concerned. Like me, like what what it turns into, I have no idea. I have some ideas. I I can't go beyond that because that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be able to write a book. But if it comes to, let's say I do, I pumped out 300 pages of like some sort of Star Wars book, I can't just go to a publisher and publish it. Like, that's not a thing. I have to go to Disney and be like, hey, I created this. What do you guys think? Do you want to do something with this? You let me know. Mm-hmm. Then we'll go from there. Like, I can't just publish it with their IP and and expect not to hear from them at all. Like, yeah, and expect to not have to share your profits or whatever, right? right? Like. You are piggybacking on their ideas. Yes, I'm trying to. I'm trying to be successful, based off of their success. Exactly. And so it's it's boggles my mind that people are like, "Well, why don't they just let them do it?" Well, you just answered your own question because it's not his. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reason. Yeah, why. Can, well, I think the thing is, you can do it. You just yeah. can't make money off of it. You're right. Right. And so he, like, released, yeah. he released it as, yeah, a, like, as free content. Yeah. As per what Disney stipu- uh, stipulated. And uh, like it was okay. Mm-hmm. Production value of it was, I mean, it was it was good for a fan film. Nobody spent probably that much min- money building a fan film. Mm-hmm. So as far as that, it, like, is it the best one that I've ever seen? No, not even close. That Darth Maul one. I don't know if you've ever seen that one where he, he battles a bunch of Jedi. If you haven't. Go and Google it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have, like, they built sets and stuff for this, for this theory fan film in California, okay. I think. Like, so it wasn't even, mm-hmm. like, he's from Vancouver, he's from BC. And so he went and did this down in the States, hired a director and all this kind of stuff, writers and blah, blah, blah. Like, he went all out. And, and that's mm-hmm. his right. You want to spend that money? Go nuts. Mm-hmm. Just don't be surprised that Disney is like woo woo, easy. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. like, like watching the video, he felt I felt that he was so self entitled to to what he does as a Star Wars content creator, and that Disney owed the fans because of that. And I'm like, Disney owes nobody nothing. No, like why why would they owe anybody anything? I don't get that. Oh, well, George Lucas didn't do it that way. Well, this isn't George Lucas's thing anymore. Yeah. It's like, like if you go to the same bank for 20 years, is the bank just going to give you $100? Yeah. It, like, no. It makes like, no you sense. You, they're a company. You're using a product of theirs, right? It's not like 
you get rewarded for loyalty in capitalism. Like when you're a consumer, right? <laughs> yeah. like you don't get rewarded for loyalty. You just keep you spending get, the money. You get what you pay for. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I'm glad that like when I was watching this video, I remember I was sitting there, I was talking to my wife who has no interest in any of this stuff. Right. So she just mm -hmm. like everything I say is wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and so I, I'm like sitting there talking to her and I'm like, am I like, am I insane for thinking this? Like, am I, Am I wrong? And I'm, I'm glad bringing it up to you. You're like, no, this this seems like pretty self-explanatory uh, mm -hmm. stuff here. Like, uh, yeah, like I wish it wasn't. Personally, yeah. like I wish, like you know, if I had a great idea for Star Wars, I could just do something with it and you know, bam, run with it and bam, you know, now it's mine, right? Yeah. I would love, you know, personally, I hate copyright laws. I think they should last ten years, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know, now they last eight years, and you know, yeah. once uh, once it's once Mickey Mouse or whatever gets to that eighty-year mark, they're going to push it back again, right? Just because that's they have the money to pay for the lawyers to do this crap. I don't think so. I think you know, characters are just as you know impactful on our lives as real wood care, real world yes. characters, right? Yes. You know, like I, I often think about the Imagination Land episode of South Park. I don't know if you've ever watched that yes. show. Yep. But like that episode is so good. The little, you know, the I learned this moment at the end of the show that they always have, you know, where you know, like who's who's to say that these these make believe characters haven't had a greater impact on you than you know Barack Obama, right? Sure. Right? Like Jesus, you know, I'm not a religious person, so like if we're gonna say Jesus is a fictional character, you know, Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker, right? You know, Dracula. You know, whatever, all these characters, Harry Potter, they've all had such a massive impact on our lives that, you know, they're a part of us now, yes. right? And and therefore they, they, they feel like they should be ours, but they're not, yes. right? Which is why I don't like copyright laws. But unfortunately, we have to deal with the situation as it is right now. And, you know, we can we belly own these. about all we want. It doesn't yeah. change the fact that we still can't go out there and take an IP from somebody else and market it as our own. Yeah. And, and like, honestly, I agree with you on that assessment, but at the same time, if I had something that I created and somebody else, like, and if I was successful with it and somebody else took it and ran with it and made money off of it and I didn't see a penny from that, I'd be pissed off. And I guarantee you, George Lucas, when he owned Star Wars, all that extended universe stuff, he there, yes, he may not have written out books or anything like that, but he certainly saw a profit from all of oh, that. Oh, yeah, he got a cut. Let's not pretend that George Lucas yeah. didn't see a cut from that. That is still, like, if anybody was the baby of George Lucas, it's Star Wars, outside of mm -hmm. his own kids, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's Star Wars. That was his life. He poured everything into Star Wars. And mm -hmm. when somebody wrote a book in the extended universe and it was Cade Skywalker, 400 years past Luke Skywalker's time frame, you goddamn guarantee that George Lucas saw money from that. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't, you know that George Lucas's lawyers were giving you a call. Mm -hmm. Like, let's not pretend that that's a thing. I know like, and, and good for George. It's it makes sense. So I don't mm -hmm. I don't understand this entitlement that as content creators, like you and I, we're content creators piggybacking off of Star Wars because of this podcast. 
Yeah, this is something that I enjoy doing. I'm not looking to become famous for no. it. I'm not looking to make money off of it. This is just something I like to do, you know, once a week. I don't have anybody that talk I can about sit there. Star Wars. Yeah, I don't have anybody that I can sit there and talk Star Wars with around yeah. me, like in my yeah. area, right? So for me to be able to do this, I was like, ah, God, I'm going to start a podcast with a couple of friends. We're going to just talk the shit out of Star Wars mm-hmm. and have fun while we're doing it. If people listen, great. If not, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm not, <laughs> if we make money off of this, great. <laughs> if we don't, okay. Like, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't get that entitlement and maybe it's because we don't make money off of this and this isn't our careers and and star wars theory it is his career well i think it's become yes it has yes and you're right it has become his career to be a a star wars content creator whether he's reviewing lightsabers on his website or on his uh uh, YouTube page or uh, toys or going through the different movies and comics and books and all that kind of stuff. Good for him. Mm-hmm. But you better damn well be thankful for Disney and for George Lucas to create that IP that you are stealing's the wrong word, but definitely borrowing from to make your living. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not like Star Wars will suffer without him. He'll suffer without Star Wars. Hundred percent. So unfortunately, that's the reality of this guy's situation. I think he needs to accept it. You know, it's maybe just, we don't all like it, but we also aren't lawmakers, right? We no. can't change it. Well, and one of the so funny we have to accept it. One of the funny things I thought about this is like, I, I get the, I, I, I get the ex, the what's the word I'm looking for here? I kind of think that he thinks. Disney might be jealous of him because of the content that he's created. I'm like, really? Yeah, I'm sure that's it. Yeah, they, they <laughs> if they were jealous, they would have hired him and brought him into the company, right? Well, if they see something guy, that they think can make money, out, yeah, they would bring you into the fold, right? <laughs> yes, it's, that, that's how it works. He'd be headhunted, but he's like, oh, this guy knows so much about Star Wars. He makes some good stuff. He makes some good points. Let's bring him on as a writer or somebody to throw in a think tank or whatever, yes. right? But because they haven't. Obviously, he's not worthy in their eyes. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's okay. Like, I'm that's not, okay too. Yeah, I'm not worthy. <laughs> I'm not worthy. I'm not yeah. worthy. Like, there's right? why I don't. I don't get like a lot of a lot of the things that I'm seeing out of his feed and out of his channel right now is very anti-Disney. Which whatever. Yeah, I'm. I'm not overly fond of Disney right now either. Right. Because they are, they they are that corporation. Yeah, Yeah, they are that corporation that is going to take your money. They are, and they'll do whatever they can to it. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. They'll they'll stop you even if it costs them money that they'll never recoup. Yeah, just so that they can maintain their hold on things, right? Yeah, you know, and really, that's their right. And it is, yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, one of the one of the things that I found interesting about it as well. Um, we aren't an authority on the Star Wars franchise. We're fans. Mm-hmm. We may think that we know a ton about everything that there is to know about Star Wars. We're not. We don't. Yeah. Dave Filoni is the is Dave Filoni and George. The writers. If you're getting paid to write content for Star Wars, you're an authority. If yes. not, you're not. That's, exactly. that's kind of how I see it. And, Filoni, and then, yes, he's the uppermost authority. Yep. Right. Favreau has really made him made a good case for him being up there now too. 
I feel you know, Favreau is is a is a at least for the new stuff, maybe. Yes, Favreau to me is is a genius when it comes to creating content, whether it's Marvel, whether it's Star Wars, whatever. Um, but at the same time, he understands his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And why do why like let's be real? Why do we think Dave Filoni was brought in to be a part of the Mandalorian? And mm-hmm. because John Favreau understood that Dave Filoni knows his stuff. Dave Filoni yeah. was taught by George Lucas, like. Mm-hmm. So that only makes that makes sense, and and yeah, Star Wars theory, Den of Nerds, any any other big Star Wars content creator out there in outside of anything Disney, mm-hmm. no, no, you're not an authority. Stop it, stop it. Just make your Star Wars fan fiction or your Star Wars content. Have fun while you're doing it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Go from there. So, when Theory says he has a career as a YouTuber because of Disney Lucas, he's right. But you're you're literally making money off of them. Why would you want to shit on the hands that feed you? Yeah. It's just yeah. I'm sure. Like if they Disney really got mad at him, they could look at his stuff, slap injunctions on things, have cease and desist orders placed on like. Really? If he keeps picking at this, that's like something. What they did to Gina Carano. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, they have money. They have to hire people to go dig in, right, okay. and find stuff. And and again, with yeah. the Gina Carano thing, they didn't even do anything wrong. They just didn't renew her contract. Mm-hmm. So all the false narrative that Disney fired her and um, free Gina and all this kind of stuff, like, for what? She's, mm-hmm. She doesn't have a contract. Yeah. Disney's not signing her. Move on. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. no different. Like, Kirk Muller is, was my favorite hockey player growing up. Montreal traded him, traded his rights away. And that was it. Move on. I was mad, mm-hmm. but at the same time, what are you going to do? Like, it, mm-hmm. st- a hockey reference, but still. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I think, like... One of the things that I found weird about this whole video too, both Josh and Theory say that they're doing less Star Wars content right now because of this stink, in their own words, quotations, to Star Wars right now. And I, I like, I'm not going to question their fandom on Star Wars because I think we've all seen how dedicated they are to what they love about Star Wars. But mm-hmm. if you're doing less because of that, isn't that a reflection on you? A little bit, like, like make the stuff that you want to make, and just to get recompensed or just don't ask for compensation. Yeah, and and don't feel like you you the Disney needs to be sending you swag and all this kind of like. Good lord, if Disney sent me swag because we did something on this little piddly podcast, I'd be like, oh my god, that's the greatest thing ever. Send me a dark saber, Disney. I want a dark saber. Um. And then the best part about it, towards the end of this video, they were debating on how much the franchise is worth, like Star Wars mm-hmm. as, as a whole, right? At four point five billion in twenty eleven, is that's it. What it cost? Oh, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Okay. Yeah, that's what it cost Disney to buy it from George Lucas at that time. Josh doesn't think it's worth ten billion dollars today. I think it is way worth way more than that. Um, it is literally the only thing carrying, I guess, outside of Marvel, mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. 
you take Star Wars, you take Marvel off of Disney Plus, it doesn't exist. Yeah, and what they got eighty million subscribers. Yep. Times like what I don't know in Canada anyway, it's what fourteen dollars, fifteen dollars. I think I pay eight ninety nine a month. Eight ninety nine a month? Oh, because you got in right away. Right? I got in right away. Yeah. Is it is it well, that much now? I want to say it is. Um, so. So yeah, eighty million times you know fifteen <laughs> is what's that's that? Lot, that's, that's a lot of scratch. That's one point two billion per month yeah, that per they month. make in from Disney Plus times yeah. twelve. That's almost fifteen billion a year just from Disney Plus. Yeah, and right, it's... and then they've got merchandise. And they've got movie revenue and sales from every single other Star Wars related thing. Like everything, it's worth so much money. Everything that they've done with Star Wars since they purchased it in 2011 has made them their money back, mm -hmm. and more. Even the sequel trilogy made it. Oh, money the sequel! Back, the right? sequel trilogy it made so much money. As as financial, it was a success. Mm -hmm. Billion dollars, almost every movie. Yeah, um, Rogue One I think did a billion. Mm -hmm. Han Solo did not, and that was just the box office. Yes, that's not like the sales of the DVDs and Blu-rays, T-shirts and... and toys and yeah. everything like that. Like, let's come on. And then he says, "This Josh guy says that he wouldn't sell it for ten billion today." I wouldn't sell it. I like Star Wars. I yeah, would like to he, have my he, fingerprints on it, right? So. He would, he, yeah, but he didn't say that. He said, I wouldn't sell it because I'd, it's not worth that much. Oh, so he means or, he wouldn't he, buy it. He yeah. wouldn't buy it. Yeah. Okay. Well, then he's a dummy. That just seems so strange. <laughs> anyway. I wouldn't want to own Star Wars. It doesn't even matter how it's spent. It's always going to make money. I, I, I think I may have messed that up there. I think he... Okay, so Theory says if Disney came to him to buy his... Con oh, here it is. Di theory says if Disney came to him to buy his content, his Star Wars Theory content, for $10 million, he wouldn't sell that. Then he's dumb. If he, thinks, he, gonna... if he thinks that his content is worth $10 million, pull your head out of your ass. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That you the ego there. Yeah. 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 Your if film, was... your film is worth 150,000. Mm -hmm. That's it. 150,000. You need to produce a hundred more of those to even come close. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I and I'm sure my math foolish. is off there. <laughs> I'm sure my math is way off there. <laughs> like ten million dollars? Are you kidding me? Yeah, and I, I think know. I think the the scenario was if you if if Disney came to you to buy your content for ten million, um, and you couldn't do any more Star Wars content after that, would you do it? And he said, "No, not a chance." And I'm guessing he's going because he still wants to create. Uh, he still wants to create Star Wars content, but like real. Yeah, go to China, make it there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're gonna stop you in China? No. But that's my rant on this whole Star Wars theory, uh, nerd theory podcast from this week. I just thought it was crazy for them to be, uh, I don't even know the word, just over, overextending themselves when it came to Disney. Like, man, you're so lucky that you have what you have because of Disney. Hmm. How are you just, how are you bitching about it? Like, mm -hmm. enjoy it. 
enjoy it like anybody that lets star wars gets them down you're doing it to yourself like that's the thing mm-hmm. as much as i There's so much to love about it like we we on this podcast you me and alan we have bitched so much about the sequels heels went off on the prequels but there has been at no point me going uh I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, I love bitching about it. That's part of being part of the fandom. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there's stuff I don't like about There's stuff in the original trilogy that I didn't like. But I still... Easily three of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, when George Lucas in A New Hope <laughs> threw in the whole Tatooine hangar scene and Han steps on Jabba's behind mm. like it's oh, yeah. the it's the worst added content for star wars ever but at the same time it was super funny mm-hmm. <laughs> like just oh just love it if you love it just love it it's star mm-hmm. wars it's thank you george for giving it to us and thank you disney for buying it off of him and and wringing our necks to get more <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, let's get into something else um yeah yeah fandom yeah Let's leave the fandom behind. Oh, we should. We got to do another episode where we talk about the fandom, but Alan's got to mm-hmm. be here for that. Yeah, like, I think so too. Because he he will he will rip people <laughs> apart. Mm-hmm. Um, we <coughs> last week, pardon me, we talked about uh, something that we were going to do this week on the podcast. Do we want to do this now, the top Star Wars heroes, or do we want to get into the? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's okay. Let's go heroes. So we each picked five heroes. Star Wars all time, EU, whatever. There's no restrictions on who you liked as your top five Star Wars heroes. I have an honorable mention in there as well. Okay. That I think deserves, uh, def- well, yeah, deserves a mention. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then why don't you start us off? Okay. So my honorable mention is actually Padme. I don't I disagree with that. Really like her character. I think she's got her head in the right place. She's a woman of action. I think I've read somewhere, you know, that if uh, somebody went back and watched every single Star Wars thing and calculated the accuracy of every blaster shot, apparently Padme has the best accuracy of any shooter <laughs> in all of Star Wars. Um, but you know, I just I think she's fantastic. I think she you know does a great job in her role as a queen, and she can, continues on as a politician. And she's always throwing herself at first into danger. Um, public servant through and through. Public servant through and through. Massive hero in all of Star Wars. If it wasn't for her, the Emperor would have taken over far, far sooner. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, I do have an honorable mention as well. Ala Secura. Okay. I don't know why. But I absolutely love this character. Um, we saw her in... It's because she's a hot Twilight, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, we saw her in um, a couple of the movies. I believe mm-hmm. we saw her in Attack of the Clones. And then we saw her get killed in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Which was sad. Because yeah. Fox was her boy. And he couldn't help himself. And they all gunned her down. <laughs> and it was It was violent. <laughs> But we get to see her in the Clone Wars, and I love that they made her French. Maybe that's mm-hmm. just me being French. It's just that kind of thing comes out. But I love, but the way that she brings Ahsoka on, right? Because Ahsoka at this point is still very young in her training with Anakin. Mm. This is when Anakin gets injured, this too, is, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah. And Ayla is, hey, I understand that 
you want to help your master, but at the same time, you have to be able to help yourself. Calm your mind. Like she just gave her such wise teachings when mm-hmm. Anakin was in trouble and Ahsoka needed to kind of be there to pick up the pieces with him being out, right? So mm-hmm. I just I love that character. I thought she's awesome, but she doesn't make my top five. Let's get into those top five. Actually, yeah, I haven't put an order in. I think everyone's gonna know my number one. Yes, and I think if, you, if you've listened, if you've listened to the show, yeah, everyone I think is gonna. It's not gonna be a far stretch of the imagination to figure out who your number one and my number one is. Did you go? Did you go off the mark a little bit with with this? Um, I suppose in terms of, I I think I have two pretty unexpected people okay. in mind. Okay. Um, but I would say three of them are. Like, people know yeah they're front runners of an of a movie yeah. or a show so yeah they're not that far of a stretch um okay so maybe i i don't know which way i should go maybe i'm going to save my maybe i'll start at the top because everyone knows i like anakin and yeah. he's my number one hero always has been always will be and he's my favorite character in all of entertainment you know i think he's the most complex deep tortured sad tragic person ever in any kind of media and like i honestly try and put myself in his shoes and i don't know if i would do anything differently sometimes maybe not kill the younglings (laughs) but you know what other than that though i don't know i would do anything different so sometimes he's even better than what i would do what you're saying is you would still butcher the women and the children of the sam people um maybe you're you know, blind. You're compl- at this point. You're completely blinded by anything. That is I'm blinded by rage. Rage. The only thing I have in my life is my mother. Right. She's just been kidnapped, tortured, and killed by these people. Died my arms. Why would they deserve to live? Yeah, died my arms. Like, nobody else should have to suffer this fate. This is barbaric. It's inhumane. I'm not going to treat them as people. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And I can see that in the moment, being blinded with all that kind of information. Yeah, I don't think it's a very far stretch for Anakin to do that. Not at all. I agree. Mm-hmm. Am I, do you want to go back and forth? Sure, yeah, let's go back and forth. Okay, so, um, I yeah, again, obviously Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Not a secret. Uh, I don't have him on my list because of the fact oh, okay. that, because of the fact that that is, he's automatically number one. This is the mm-hmm. next five after. Okay. Um, I love Obi-Wan. I, I like watching the Clone Wars brings out so much more because in the movies, we see this old hermit in the original trilogy and um, yeah, he's likable, but you can tell he's just lying to Luke. Mm, he's very manipulative, very manipulative, but he has to be because mm-hmm. of the grand scheme of what's going on in the galaxy, right? Like if he's not yeah. manipulative towards him, Luke doesn't get to where he needs to be in order to fight Vader and mm-hmm. ultimately take on the emperor and Vader. So mm-hmm. I get where that is. When you get into the prequels, we see a young Obi-Wan who is learning from his master. If you've read Master and Apprentice, tremendous book. Highly recommend it. I believe mm-hmm. Claudia Gray is the writer for that book. And she does awesome work in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see a Padawan who doesn't fit with his master until almost the end of the book. And Mm -hmm. then we get to where they are in Phantom Menace and how they just work off of each other so well. There's such a great story there between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And it's just cool to see 
Obi-Wan progress each film, right? In the second film, he's master to Anakin. Anakin has grown to, I guess he's at this age, 17 or 18. And Obi-Wan is still learning to be a Jedi Knight, let alone mm -hmm. a master of a Padawan. And then ultimately in Revenge of the Sith, he is on the, the council as a master. And he's grown so much in his ability. He He's, he's fighting grievous and defeating him has yeah, yeah sure he has a bit of a tough time with um dooku but whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> but like he's 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 got this this moniker the negotiator because of the way that he deals um with battle adversaries and things like that and, and of course in the clone wars it fleshes it out even more and to me the best story of obi-wan in the clone wars is the whole satine stuff because we get to see a different side of Obi-Wan, a side that maybe isn't part of the Jedi Order if Satine isn't as, um, kind of, I guess, married to her role. Yes, like politics. she's very much like Padme in that, like, yeah. just such a, a public servant, right? Like, if that mm -hmm. if that switches and she, she goes, Obi-Wan, I want to be with you, maybe Obi-Wan's not in the Jedi Order. And to me, that's mm -hmm. fascinating. So mm -hmm. I love all that stuff. It's it's great. And it just, yeah, you, you talk about Anakin being that tortured soul and having to deal with so much stuff. Obi-Wan is too, but Obi-Wan is also the ultimate good guy, mm -hmm. right? Like there's no hint of him going to the dark side. He's very steadfast in his belief of the Jedi. Yes, it, it makes him go by the book a lot of the times, but at the same time, if it needs to be, he will bend the rules to, to his advantage. So, mm -hmm. really well, yeah, like he overlooks. That. Yeah, a lot of things he overlooks with Anakin, right? Exactly. And he mm -hmm. has to because he understands that Anakin is, is something different. special. Mm -hmm. And so he has to treat it as special. So that's that's where Obi-Wan is in my books. Um, on my list, though, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah, he's probably the next one I was going to say. Fantastic character. Um, I think we like him for pretty much the same reasons too. He, a Jedi in the mold of old school Jedi, right? Mm -hmm. A balance in the Force. There's, you don't. It, it doesn't always have to be by the book. You have to feel what is right, and mm -hmm. that's what I really like about Qui Gon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I also obviously love Liam Neeson. I think he's fantastic. I think it was yes. an excellent choice to play Qui Gon. You know, I really, I do like his philosophies, right? You know, um, it's like, I don't care what the council says. This is bigger than that. You know, the prophecy of the chosen one, this boy is going to be trained. And if they're going to kick me out of the order for doing it, I'm taking him with me and training him myself. Yes. Like, you know, he sticks, he's, his stick to or whatever you want to call it. Um, his sureness and his beliefs, you know, his, his teachings and, and, and yeah, I just, I think he's great. I think he understands the galaxy better than the Jedi Council does when we get into the prequel trilogy. You know, he he seems to um, be more in tune with what's going on in the galaxy around him than the Council does. And therefore, you know, by standing up to them and, you know, doing what he believes is right i think that's what makes him a hero right you know maybe it's that line in harry potter it takes a lot of courage to stand up to your enemies but it takes even more courage to stand up to your friends and you know that's kind of what he does and um yeah i think that 
he's a great character and I really wish we got more when we get him a little bit in Clone Wars. I would love to see like an Qui-Gon spin-off movie. That would be fantastic. That would be amazing. Here's hoping you know? we get to see Qui-Gon in the Kenobi show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we will. I think, I think so to too. At least the flashback. And Liam Neeson has said that he is all for doing it and that kind of stuff. So I don't know if Disney doesn't do that. They are dropping the ball. Oh yeah. On that he's such a big influence on Qui-Gon's life, right? Because he's, he's the reason why Obi-Wan was the only defiant thing in his life. And yeah. To take on Anakin, right? It's yep. the only thing Obi-Wan kind of was like, well, no, I have to do this. I made a promise to Qui-Gon, right? Yep. Yeah. I, and what's, what's cool about that is to like the fact that Qui-Gon is such a character that like, think about this for a minute. If Qui-Gon doesn't die to Maul, mm-hmm. does Dooku switch to the dark side? I think because, Dooku might have already switched by then. No, not at that point. No, he no, was still a member. He, he no, he wasn't. Oh, he may have been a member of the Order, but Qui Gon dying. No, Qui Gon died, and Dooku had already left the Order. He hadn't mm-hmm. gone Sith yet. He left mm-hmm. the Order to become Count of Sereno, mm-hmm. and that's in that's in his book. Um, I forget the name of it at the moment, but I re- I read that whole script. It was kind of like a script reading. Like, it wasn't a traditional book, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. And so, yeah, like, he he hears about Qui-Gon dying, and it affects him because Qui-Gon was his apprentice. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think Palpatine senses that within Dooku and his, mm-hmm. his maybe, not lust for power, but... Um, like a weakness or something that a weakness to make to make the right decision. Dooku mm-hmm. wasn't an evil character. No, he wasn't. He, he had did a evil things. Family. Yeah, he did, but he was like always had, you know, the, the I guess the um the final outcome or the goal in mind. Yes. Right? Like everything justifies the, the means justify the end yes. kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Qui-Gon Jin, that's my next one. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, I had Qui-Gon as well. Okay. You know, so um, I think I guess it's your turn again. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Ahsoka Tano is my next on there. You know what? I actually didn't put Ahsoka on my list. Really? Yeah. Even though I love Ahsoka, I guess I was just trying to think too hard about not being predictable. But I, I thought was, I, I thought I that too. But Ahsoka Tano, her character and her arc throughout the Clone Wars and into Mandalorian is just mm-hmm. so good. We literally grow up with her as a character. In mm-hmm. Clone Wars, in Rebels, and ultimately in Mando, and of course her spinoff, Ahsoka Show, which is going to be coming up soon. Ish. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, I'm very surprised I didn't put Ahsoka on my list because yeah, she is definitely one of my favorite characters. And, like, um, yeah, her growth, her learning, yeah, her whatever. Yeah, it's just great to see her grow up. And to me, she, she wasn't she wasn't that type of character that was was shoehorned in there for mm-hmm. like like wh- whether you believe the speculation or not right we've got ray we've got all these other female characters that they've introduced in the sequel trilogy that felt pushed mm-hmm. a little bit and ahsoka wasn't that at all ahsoka was literally there to be a foil to anakin and to work mm-hmm. off of anakin and that's what made her character so well because they did at first kind of not gel until mm-hmm. they did gel and Anakin looked at that and went whoa okay this is different 
Yeah. And it also She's a little bit to, like me. Yes. Yeah. And it also adds to his not myth, but it also adds to his um, legacy. Yeah, and his weakness as well. Mm-hmm. Because well, he cares so much, right? Yes. That's his, that's his greatest flaw is that he, he loves and cares, right? And he's not supposed to. Which is, yeah, which is a whole other thing we'll get into some other time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I had Ahsoka Tano in there as well. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. I, def- I didn't have Ahsoka. I should have. Uh, so let me see. I got my honorable mention. You know what? My next one, I'm going to say Jin Jaren. Ooh, I'm okay. only, I know we're only two seasons into Mandalorian, but I really like his character. You know, I, I, I like, I really like, and it was, obviously I'm hypothesizing here and predicting, but I really like stories of reluctant kings. I think yeah. they make the best rulers too, you know, because it's not that they're doing it because they want to, they're doing it because it's kind of been... They have to. They have to, right? Um, and just seeing the way that his story's been going, I think that he would be an excellent king of Mandalore. You know, he's fallen to the dark saber by accident. He did it all the right reasons, trying to save somebody he loved, and in the process, he managed to disarm, you know, Gideon and take the dark saber. Um, and bring a yeah, whole just slew of other problems onto him. Yeah, bring a whole slew of other problems onto him. And you know, leading up to this point, you know, he was part of Death Watch. You know, um, a splinter cell of like radical Mandalorians. And he's been going on and he's been learning to change. And that's been demonstrated many times yeah. uh, with his, the helmet thing now. And, you know, and, you know, now he's, he's, he's starting to meet other Mandalorians and it looks like he's going to be a united force. And I can only see that continuing further on in the, the next season or two of Mandalorian. And I know this is like a, a conjecture. I, I think it's been announced. It has been differently, but when they first announced the book of Boba Fett, yeah, I almost wanted to think that Boba Fett was going to be like an apostle, right? Kind of like Mando's oh, Jesus, and, oh. and, and, the, and the book, and, and and Boba Fett's like an apostle, or whatever, like like in the Bible, right? You have yeah. the different stories, um, just because Boba Fett, you know, with his influence in the galaxy as like one of the meanest, baddest bounty hunters, is now now you know <laughs> stood shoulder to shoulder with Mando, and he can vouch for this guy, right? And that was kind of like where I thought they were going. With, with his Book of Boba Fett idea. Um, you know, like he's, yeah, he's taken over the criminal underworld, but that's actually a really good ally to have if you're a ruler, right? Because you can control a lot of the underworld if you're, you know, in good with the rulers of, you know, the other side of society. So I, I, that's where I thought they were going with the Book of Boba Fett and why I thought even more that, you know, Mando is going to become this reluctant king. That's and a great later, idea. Oh, that would be an awesome show to watch. I kind of hope that they do do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Din Djarin. I, I I do really like his character. To me, he's fresh. That's why I didn't mm-hmm. have him in there. But I absolutely love his character. Pedro uh, Pascal has done a fantastic job. And one thing that I read about his performances as Mando, when he does take his helmet off, and you should go and take a look at this, because I did. Mm-hmm. He never looks side to side. Like... His vision is tunnel vision because of his mm-hmm. helmet. Mm-hmm. It's what he's used to, right? So there's no mm. peripherals there for him. Okay. Which is actually super interesting. And I can't mm. imagine how hard that would be to actually act out in a scene. Mm-hmm. Not not to just kind of like, oh, somebody's walking in over here and just kind of go like, yeah, quick little look, right? Like he doesn't, 
I, yeah, his I just brain's thought, trained not to yeah. check the corners of his eyes kind of thing. Which is nuts. Hmm. But, uh, that's an awesome little, little little tidbit. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But watching the show, hmm. it's, that's the way it is. So I thought that was interesting. My next character, Revan. Okay. Absolutely hmm. love Revan as a character. If you've played the original Knights of the Old Republic games, the story is far and away better than anything we've got as a story outside mm-hmm. of Vader's arc mm-hmm. and the Skywalker arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, former Jedi Knight who is battling the Mandalorians in the, in the Mandalorian war, who ends up being, um, I guess, succumbed to the dark side with his apprentice and mm-hmm. they Darth Revan and Darth Malak and the Jedi order in a last ditch, desperate attempt to save the galaxy ends up capturing Revan only because Malik turns on him <laughs> and wants to become the Darth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they wipe his mind and basically throw him into a military post. But he does, he finds out that he's got these force powers. And then there's the whole redemption arc with him. Mm-hmm. And it's just the story is so awesome. He ends up living like 300 years because force connection and also... Um, the the Emperor of the Sith at that time, I think it was Vitiate, just holds on to him. He wants to understand why he's so powerful in the Force. Because Revan is that first uh, character in Star Wars that is super balanced, mm-hmm. dark and light, um, past what the Jedi were 25,000 years before. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like Revan. He's, he's an awesome character. Mm-hmm. All right, my next one. I'm going with a sidekick here, and it's Chewbacca. Chewy. I love Chewbacca. I think he's great. He's always there. He's always dependable. Always ready to lend a hand. Excellent co-pilot. Never once, you know. You know. Well, I guess he does complain, but we don't really know. We just hear <laughs> what hand, hand says as as a you know yeah. come back to him. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's one of my favorite characters, you know, the seven foot six walking rug or whatever Princess Leia calls him. And, um, you know, he's such an iconic member of the Star Wars cast. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've always really, really liked Chewbacca. And I would wear a Chewbacca costume if I could and uh, not sweat. Uh, oh, yeah, I can't imagine. Five pounds of water out if I had to wear that. But, you know, other than that, yeah, Chewie, one of my favorites. Chewie's an awesome character. He does, mm-hmm. like, there's so much to love about him. A, he's he's that character where Han, like, we get to see their origin story in Solo mm-hmm. and how how they work together to get away from the, the, I guess, the Imperial prison or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Chewie, at that point, is a slave mm-hmm. for the, uh, for the mm-hmm. Empire. And so Han saves them. They, they become smugglers and their whole arc there but them being just lifelong soulmates mm-hmm. for, all the, for all the right reasons it's just it's mm-hmm. super funny yeah we see him even in the clone wars before this too yeah. right he's the, he's on that island with uh, ahsoka and the other other is it are they padawans uh yes right and then the then the the other wookies come and you know they they take out the is it the trandoshans the lizard yes. people yes yeah Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I always thought it was great. And we get a little bit of him in Revenge of the Sith, too. Mm-hmm. With uh, mm-hmm. Tarful. Oh, yes, he's at the end there on uh, Kashyyyk. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
He, he watches seems- Yoda cut the head off the stormtroopers, and he must be just like, <laughs> "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, it's awesome. He's um, like, "All right, Yoda, Yoda knows, Yoda knows what's up, man. I'm going with this guy here." You know, there's no <laughs> yeah. questions asked. Okay, let's get him out you know. of here. All right, okay, we gotta go. It's so funny. <laughs> um, up next for me, Ulick Keldroma. I don't even know who that is. So Eula Keldroma is is old, old school Jedi um, knight slash master. Uh, he mm-hmm. was, he would have been like, have you heard of Exar Kun? I've heard of Exar Kun. Okay, so they were kind of, uh, they were, they were kind of side by side. He used to be a Jedi master, but then fell to the dark side. And... Mm-hmm. Him and him and Exar Kun basically went after um, the Jedi, and mm-hmm. something happened to him where he he was redeemed from being on the dark side, but he was actually cut off from the Force, so he was no longer a Jedi. But he continued to fight alongside the Jedi, mm-hmm. and was eventually killed. But his character is super interesting and. I don't know. For whatever reason, I've always gravitated to him as one of my favorite characters. And it's, it's just, I, I want to know more about him. I I, mm-hmm. I need to know more about him. And that's what that's the reason why I have him in my list is because I do have this thirst for knowledge on Eula Keldrum. I want more from him. So that's that's why he makes my list there. All right, and my last one is arguably the hero of the Skywalker saga, and that's R2-D2. <laughs> that's an easy one. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, R2 is just great. Similar to Chewbacca, you never have any idea what the hell he's saying, but you know it's always witty and sharp-tongued or whatever, and, you know, he's always there, always reliable. You know, he's he's he's... You could argue that he's kind of like the one that is retelling the Skywalker saga because he's yes. been there since the absolute beginning, right? Like this could almost all be done through R2's point of view. Um, and yeah, I love when he gets the upgrade, you know, in the, <laughs> Clone, in, in the Clone Wars animated show. And then we get yeah. to see that in, you know, the Rise of, or um, Revenge of the Sith, Sith, you know, and he's just there for the rest of it, right? And, and he's just awesome. You know, it would have been nice to see him a little bit more in the sequel trilogies. Uh, movies. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, they, they, there's so much botched in the sequels that, like, I understand mm-hmm. you want to introduce new characters and new droids and new toys mm-hmm. to sell and all that, but man, you could have made so much more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With an established yeah. character. Whew. Yeah. So yeah, R two, R two's up there. R two's a great I, character. Yeah, I don't know if I had. I would put a Soka on my list and have to drop someone. I'm not sure who I would drop yet. Maybe Chewie or R two. But that's that's a really tough call for me to make. It is, mm-hmm. but Ahsoka's. Uh, we'll we'll yeah, we'll here. This is what we'll do. We'll toss out Anakin mm-hmm. because we already know that's number one on your list. So then there, then you, I'd, yeah, I'd slot Ahsoka in there. Yeah, I'll cheat like I did with Obi Wan. <laughs> <laughs> My last character, Zane Carrick. I don't know if you've heard of this guy either. The name is familiar, but I don't know who it is. So the story of Zane Carrick is fascinating he Mm -hmm. is during that time of Revan um, he was a Padawan but he was a shitty Padawan Mm -hmm. so much so that he was actually going to fail his trials but the Jedi Masters who were training their Padawans uh, that were going to graduate as it were 
were part of a cabal that was basically there to protect the galaxy from I don't know if I want to call it the return of the Sith. I haven't read the books or the comics in a while. But they were there to um they were they were like a special forces unit of the Jedi. Okay. That was actually controlled by a dark side user. They didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Zane Carrick, his his failure as a Padawan actually saves his life, and he is set up as the fall guy for the murder of the rest of his Padawan class. Mm-hmm. That his there are those Jedi masters butchered. Mm-hmm. So they're all chasing him, and he finds out that he has a unique um, relationship with the Force. When things are going good for him, oh, he's the everything's the guy that... going bad for everybody else. Mm. It's like a, a it's a give and a take with the Force, and that's how it mm-hmm. works with him. And I love that story. If you ever get a chance, you need to read it. Um, you can it's a comic. Uh, you can get them as part of like uh, the epic collection from Marvel, mm-hmm. Legends of the Old Republic, Volume One. It is it is awesome. I highly recommend it. It's okay. just a good reading. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that that's my last character. Absolutely love Zane Carrick, and they're like the, the characters that they introduce with their group too are really really interesting. So these are like if you're looking for a fresh take on Star Wars Jedi, even even the Sith to an extent, though more dark side users, you need mm-hmm. to check this out because like he ends up becoming pretty damn powerful as a Jedi. Like where you're like at the beginning of it, he's just a flub, but towards the end of the the story, he's he's no longer a Jedi, but he still uses the Force. Obviously. Yeah, I guess so, right? He could like very Ahsoka like in that blow up a star and become ultra powerful because that would be like the counterbalance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is this is it's a good story? I like it. Anyway, there we go. There's our top Star Wars heroes. Next week we'll do top Star Wars. Villains, I guess we're gonna call them. Though I imagine mm-hmm. Hondo is number one on your list there. I don't consider Hondo a villain. I don't think he's, so either. He's a neutral. He's a neutral party. Should, should we do neutral. neutral characters too? Neutral characters will be hard, but yeah, we could do that. Okay, so then next week we'll do villains, and then the week after we'll talk about Hondo for two hours. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I love Hondo. I can do <laughs> he's it. such a great character. Yeah. Um, this week we were watching the beginning of Rebels, as we're gonna start reviewing that, and then. Uh, We'll get into Bad Batch once we're done that, as there's only four seasons of Rebels. Four shorts start us off uh, on our journey with Rebels. Um, I actually had never watched these before this week. No. I don't know. Have you before? Yeah, I watched them. I like them. started watching Rebels. Yeah, they're really good little... There's just quick little blurbs. Yeah, and this was even before the first episode dropped too, so right. So it was like just trying to whet the appetite of the fans. I guess. Like, here's some of the characters. This is some of their personality traits and their skill sets. Yeah. How about her? Right. Uh, um, the first little mini episode is actually it's got the greatest name, the Machine and the Ghost, which I think mm-hmm. is just so smart. Obviously, because the Ghost is the ship, and the Machine is Chopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we get to see the dynamic between Hera and Kanan, which I thought was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just two bickering lovers and yeah. Chopper kind of stuck in the middle, which I thought was great. Yeah, he's like the crazy old man. Yeah, like really. trying to do everything, you know? He's <laughs> just he's sick of this crap. I'm going to go do it myself. Yeah. It's a fun little episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, all they're doing is flying around and fighting TIE fighters. 
Um, I think what what's the length of it? Like literally, like three, three minutes. minutes. Yeah, it's three just, minutes and like twenty seconds. I don't think anything more. Any of the four. They're all longer. They're all like, minutes. They're literally all three short. something minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next episode is about Sabine, mm-hmm. and interesting. It's on low fall. Yeah, I think they all like that. They all set up the first episode of the to show, be right? On Lothal. Yeah, they all set up Sparks of Rebellion or whatever that first, you know, yeah. two episode, right? Because this is them flying into Lothal, right? right. With the, the ghost and the, or the machine and the ghost. Yeah. Then you have Sabina Lothal trashing stuff. Then you got Zeb, you know, on Lothal doing stuff too. And then you right. have Ezra on Lothal as he watches the ghost shoot down a TIE fighter, right? Yeah. And I think this is all like just before that first episode of the show launch. Basically just like you said, introducing us to the characters that we're going to come to. I don't know. Love. I, I love rebels. I think it was a fantastic show. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say they have issues with the art. I definitely do. I'm one of those people. See, I didn't, but you got to look past it. I, I hate the animation for the lightsabers. I, I, I really don't like them. I, they look like toothpicks. Yeah. And know? I understand I that them, complaint. I want them to look like uh I don't know. I don't want to say Just quite like uh, like wrapping paper tubes, you know, <laughs> but like somewhere between. See, and you know, it, like I like I like it because it differentiates from Clone Wars, and that's mm-hmm. what I wanted with this show. I wanted it to be different, but at the same time, I want to be blown away by it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they do that. Yeah, I can. I understand your gripe on the the lightsabers, especially when we're introduced to Vader. Mm-hmm. And he lights his lightsaber and it's just boink, it's his little twig of a saber. Yeah. I, I understand that. It looks less menacing. It does. Though, I will say, obviously, there's no spoilers alert to this because this show has been off the air for a couple of years. Um, when Vader's coming down on that TIE fighter on... Oh, what planet was it? Planet of the Sith. I can't remember. It's the one Moraband? where... Moraband? Mora, is it? No, it's not Moraband. It's the it's the episode where Ahsoka fights Vader. Yeah, yeah, that's the end of season two. Yes, like and, the, I actually remember the epi- name of that episode, even though I haven't watched it so long. I think it was the Twilight of the Apprentice. I think you're right, and um, and we see Vader coming down on the on the Tie Fighter. Oh, he looks scary as hell. And that looked like that was intimidating. If you're sitting yeah. there, like, and the best is they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> they're all scared. Yeah. Too. even Maul, he's like, I need somebody to help me beat this guy. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. understands it. Shit. I would love to see... Oh, but see, Maul never really fought Anakin. Well, he would have died. Yeah. Or lost a couple hands. Or something. Or a head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, um, we're getting ahead of ourselves on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the third episode is Entanglement. That is with uh, Zeb. We're introduced to our, our big furry... Um, Lasat. Lasat character, which was mm-hmm. originally uh, awesome supposed to be the design for Chewbacca mm-hmm. for for the Wookiees. So I think that was I, I a nice touch that they did. I do that. too. A lot of Macquarie work in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of cool. Um, and if you've ever seen the original drawings from Macquarie, I believe the lightsabers used to be like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, again, maybe a tie-in to, to his art as, as far as storyboards and stuff like that go. Um, and then the the fourth short is of Ezra, who will end up being, I guess, the main. Well, no, I don't. I don't guess he is the main character of Rebels. Mm-hmm. He's the one we followed the most, and we yeah. see things unfold through his eyes the most. So, Pretty yeah, much, I'd say um, he's the main character. 
and that is property of Ezra Bridger. Um, basically, he ends up stealing more helmets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jumps in a TIE fighter with the pilot, steals a couple of valuable things, takes the helmet, gets lucky. He doesn't get shot. Yeah. yeah. And then, so, yeah, runs away with his little, like, lightning uh, slingshot weapon yeah. there. That, yeah. So many people at the beginning of the the Rebel show were like, "He's just a kid. Why are we like? Why would we be interested in this?" His development from the start to the end is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And actually, Ezra should maybe be up there on on characters like light side characters that we like. But I've heard rumors that maybe Ezra ends up being a secret apprentice to Sidious. Um, no, not Sidious. To what's his face? Uh, the guy with the scars that Kylo cuts in half. Yes, it's hilarious that I forgot Snoke. his name. Snoke. Snoke. <laughs> I was drawing a blank too as soon as yeah. you said that. I've, it's weird I've, how I've, forgetting names is contagious. Well, and also it's Snoke, and they made us forget him. Um, like it's it's. I've heard rumors that we could see in future content him being a secret apprentice to Snoke. He Which does toe the line between the light and the dark quite time. often. Big time. But mm-hmm. he's also maybe like his his level of importance in the Star Wars story moving forward could be enormous. Yeah, it could be more important than Ahsoka. Right? Like Seriously. If Grand Admiral Thrawn is gonna be like Ahsoka is they, light side yeah. through and through. Right? She is like that. She's very much an Obi-Wan Kenobi type of character. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very, Especially cool. now in her older age, it seems. Yes. yes. Yeah. And and that's great. So does... You're obviously... You've got to come up with an interesting villain. Mm-hmm. Does Ezra end up being that villain? Mm-hmm. Maybe. There's he would so be a good villain. Maybe he becomes... I, I, I would hate this, but maybe he becomes a Knight of Ren. But that seems... That seems silly, actually. Now that I think about it, that seems silly. He gets killed by Kylo. Yeah, and, it, and just and just nothing to him, mm-hmm. right? That, that'd be poor. Um, getting into the shows, we've got uh, the Star Wars Rebel Spark of Rebellion, which is a two-part series to start us off. Um, introduces Ezra to Kanan and Hera and Zeb and uh, Sabine. And of course, Chopper. They are all fighting to free Lethal, or at least not at this stage. I think it's more just be disruptive to the Empire. Yeah, and 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 uh, also survive. Yes, and, but they're kind of like doing. They're surviving off of the Empire. Right? They could go and yes. they could do this to all sorts of other parties. They've chosen that they're going to try to steal away from the Empire. It seems. Yes. Yes. And it's a fun episode because, like, first off, we get the heist inside the, I guess, uh, is it Lothal's capital city? Yeah, I think uh, so. So they're, they're, they're like, they want to steal uh, from the Emperor. And I think it's their, it's TIE Fighters, right? They're, or not TIE Fighters, there's food supplies or something like that? They're on the back of speeder bikes, but I don't know if we find I, it. Oh, it is food. It is food because yeah. they break, eventually they take it to a... Uh, refugee camp, basically. Yes. Right? Of all the people the Empire have stolen their farms from. Or Tarkin Town. Tarkin Town, yeah. Which is just great, because they name it in in spite of 
Wilhoff Tarkin mm-hmm. because he's just absolutely stretching the people thin on mm-hmm. Lothal. I thought that was kind of a nice little touch. Um, we're introduced to Agent Callus, who is with the ISB, the Imperial Security Bureau. Is that what, who Gideon worked for as well? That's a good question. I think... But Callus was never in charge of the ISB. No, but Gideon, I think, might have worked his way up. He did. He did. They, and, they probably and he was a part of it for sure. Yeah. Now, this is... Yeah, because Gideon at this point, like, ah, we got to think that Callus would be about this old too, right? There's similar age probably at this point in the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see. Maybe we get to see more of Gideon in Bad Batch. Maybe. I think that would be a smart move on Disney's part. Mm-hmm. Like he's just coming into his own. Maybe they show something savage that he does that causes, you know, a great victory for well, the he's, Empire. And he'd be younger at this point too, he'd be right? Younger, yeah. So that would be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. They, they don't hold to... back on like the killing of the Imperials either. No, not at all. They, oh man, they just don't even no holds barred. They're not even really heroes. They're terrorists, right? Yeah. Like it's not like they're you know. Uh, knocking them out with stunts. Like, they're blowing them up and killing these Imperial soldiers that are just really doing their job. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, really. Right? You're right. Um, so it's it's like, we like to think of them as heroes, but, like, I can look at them and really objectively state, like, they're they're not really heroes right now. You know, they're they're terrorists. But we, feel, we yeah, like, we, we're felt... But they're like, Jedi, so they're heroes, Yeah, right? but we don't know that... We don't know that... At, um, Kanan's we don't know Kanan's. Jedi yet. Not, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Yeah. And the reveal on that is pretty awesome. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, what we do know is we are met. So we're introduced to Visago, who I mm-hmm. guess is kind of like a crime lord, mm-hmm. um, but is <laughs> oddly enough working against the Empire, which is kind of funny, right? Like we see so many, we see so many different people switch allegiances as far as what's going on right because a lot of the time especially with the empire we see them work with crime lords and bounty mm-hmm. hunters and things of that nature in order to continue to sow those seeds of of uh fear and whatnot mm-hmm. and so here mm-hmm. we're seeing a crime lord flip the other flip the other way and try to help out the people on his planet which mm-hmm. i thought was kind of interesting um mm-hmm. so they steal they steal the uh whatever it is we'll we'll assume it's food he gives them information about the location of Wookiees who mm-hmm. are slaves to the Empire. Towards the end of the, the first half of this, I guess, movie, mm-hmm. episode, whatever they're calling it, episodes, um, Ezra ends up stealing Kanan's holocron and his lightsaber, sort of stealing it, basically... Kanan I feel like Kanan knew, Kanan and it was him. like a test. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because he 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 feels like as there's something to Ezra, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's the big thing. There's something to Ezra. They need to know what it's all about. So the holocron is huge because he opens it, mm-hmm. and it's Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and it's his message warning people. Stay, stay away. away. It's, like, it's like the message he sends at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's just so cool. Um, when we get to the uh, whatever planet they're they're transporting the the Wookies to, we get basically okay. It's time to 
time to reveal ourselves to the the empire this mm-hmm. is these guys have come together they're fighting Ezra's kind of off and on whether he wants to participate or not mm-hmm. and well, he's pissed he gets caught right and abandoned yeah. yes right right um and yeah he's definitely reluctant hero in this one as well you know he doesn't want to go warn them that it's a trap and Ezra's like well no you got to yeah, <laughs> right? yeah like, exactly I can't believe I'm doing it. Then he goes and he gets caught, and Zeb is really upset because, you know, uh, Zeb has a heart, even though he's such a mean, trash-talking <laughs> yeah. type of person, right? And But then in the process of Ezra getting caught, they actually find out, you know, where the Wookiees are being held, and um, and then it all works out in the end, right? The Will it of the does. Force, I guess you could say. Will of the Force, and also mm-hmm. uh, something amazing that we get to see is Kanan's got a very unique lightsaber. So he's created a lightsaber that he's able to take apart and and reconnect that establishes its connection to the Force and lights. I can't mm-hmm. imagine other lightsabers you can just pull apart mm-hmm. <laughs> all willy-nilly like. So I've always thought Kanan's lightsaber is actually really, really cool. Mm-hmm. He ignites his lightsabers, which gains the focus of Callus and the stormtroopers and they're firing on him and everybody else is to save the rest of the uh, the Wookiees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get pinned down, right? By Callus yeah. and his forces. Yes. And they got no choice. Kane is like, I can't shoot my way out of this one. Time I can't remember what he calls it, but he's like, it's something 22 or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, like, what does that mean? He's like, why am I not letting in? It's like after this, everyone's going to be let in on this, right? Yeah, and then he puts yes. his light, lightsaber together and he steps out. I like the way he just casually dodges lightning or light laser bolts. Yes. You know, and, and, and then he ignites it and then everybody just freezes and like, oh my God. It's everybody attacked the Jedi. Jedi. Right. Even, you know, Agent Callus, like the look on his face is total surprise. All the stormtroopers even stop shooting, right? They're like, oh my God people out of myth right they've been gone now for like what 15 years something like that so to see something like that live would probably be terrifying and it's awesome and Mm -hmm. what's cool about this is you mentioned that kanan is casually dodging blaster fire and this is a this is an untrained jedi Mm -hmm. like he's partially trained he's still technically just a padawan yeah and we follow that arc through this first season of of star wars um even into i guess the beginning of the second season and mm-hmm. towards the end of this 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 these first two episodes um after they've saved all of the uh the wookies and they've gotten off and all that kind of stuff obi-wan they're, they're they watch the holocron together with the full mm-hmm. message from obi-wan um which to me like we talk about and this is this sounds kind of weird. Like we talk about the Mando and Luke returning and how awesome that was and how it gives you all the feels. When I was watching this episode the first time, when we get to see that full message from Obi-Wan, that, mm-hmm. that gave me all those feels. Like maybe not in the same way of like, I feel like, oh, Luke is so badass here, but just, just where the galaxy is at this stage mm-hmm. and how this message from Obi-Wan is so sad because so many Jedi have died mm-hmm. and maybe didn't get a chance to listen to this message. So mm-hmm. I just thought that was awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah. 
I think we get to see Ezra do a force jump at one point there. He doesn't really. Yes. Because he leaps really high and over and he saves that young little Wookiee. You child, are correct. Right? You are correct. Um, and that was like probably the first time, like, obviously I know what happens later on in the series, but, you know, watching it for the first time, it's kind of like, I wasn't really sure if the holocron was calling to him, you know, but, or yeah. if he was, you know, just being a thief. And then, you know, we see him, I see him do that force jump and I'm kind of like, oh. Hmm. Well, and you get like this, there's that sound whenever there's like the force is used mm -hmm. in this show. It's like, it's like this weird mm -hmm. little sound. That's what you hear every time Ezra's kind of in and around something that is force related, which is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. um, at the end of these episodes, we've got Callus on his Star Destroyer. He contacts an Inquisitor and informs him that uh, they've, they've found a rebel cell that's led by a Jedi. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how the first two episodes end. Mm -hmm. Basically, the Inquisitors are being called in to deal with this insolent Jedi. Mm -hmm. And so there's your there's your movie, mm -hmm. all all good and done. Which awesome! I like. I really liked how they did it. Yeah, it feels a little more kiddish. But so do the Clone Wars in the first couple yeah, they of seasons really too. Do. You're they grow great. up. These shows grow up with the audience, right? I They're agree. almost targeted at like preteens, and then they kind of develop with those teenagers' ability to handle things as they age. You know. I agree. I agree because this show gets dark. It gets very dark, very quick. Like in even, just like the Clone Wars did. Yeah, but even in this in this season, there's mm -hmm. is this season where. I think it's in Rise of the Old Masters. Yeah, it is. Like, and that's we'll get to that. That's episode number five. But mm -hmm. so we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll continue. So episode number three is Droids in Distress, and this is awesome mm -hmm. because we actually get to see R two and three PO again, mm -hmm. which is always hero of the saga. <laughs> yeah, we also I guess we get to see a little bit of Bail Organa as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I wrote. My first thing is first shot of R2 and C3PO. I thought they were with Bail Organa. Yeah, and bam, there's Bail. And then, yeah, so later on, yeah, we find out, yeah, they are in service of Bail Organa, but I guess they're being led to the Empire by him, maybe? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, these, this this is basically they're, they're transporting, um, I guess, R2 and 3PO to do like a diplomatic mission to steal from the emperor or not from the emperor from the empire mm -hmm. which is weird that bail organa would send them but i guess it's r2 and really you kind of figure it out right away that r2 is the one that's running this and not yeah. Rupio, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of funny yeah it's funny like i guess you know c3po didn't see anybody he knew but it would have been hilarious if he did he's like it's me, C-3PO. Maybe you don't recognize me because of my white leg. Yeah. Because he's got, like, a different leg on for, throughout the whole episode. For... Yeah. Yeah. Which is so um, weird. Mm -hmm. But he's there to translate, right, for the, the guy who's selling these disruptor beams yes. to the Empire. Or what are they? I can't even remember what they're called. Um, There's something... Yeah, like I, I can't remember. Yeah, they they yeah, you find it later in the episode that they're the weapons that were used to destroy the I think Lasat. Yes, which is huge because mm -hmm. Lasat we're gonna learn more about as we're moving on. Mm -hmm. And that there's like the end of season three or something. Yeah, there still are yeah. more Lasat out there, which is awesome because Zeb thinks he's the the, the last Lasat ever. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not good for him because that would be it for his kind. But uh, yeah. we also get to see basically the first fight between Zeb and Callus, mm-hmm. which is interesting because they will battle a few more times. Mm-hmm. I like their rivalry. I, I do too. I think it's fantastic. Well, and like the history too, right? Because Callus mm-hmm. is one of the people that led the charge against the Lasat mm-hmm. when it came to getting rid of them, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, his weapon was taken from a fallen Lasat Imperial Guard or whatever that he that he killed, right? And just like Zeb's weapon is like a, an Imperial Guard defending weapon or something. I can't remember the exact, but I'm pretty sure they, they were like high status. Lasan uh, High Honor Guard. That's it. There you go. So, and yeah, Callus mm-hmm. basically just keeps on pushing Zeb in order mm-hmm. to fight for, for the rifle again. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabine and R2, they, they finish, I guess, sabotaging them. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, they detonate, which kind of throws Callus and Zeb into a frenzy. But uh, yeah. well, yeah, Callus recovers before. faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also wrote before that C3PO is always such a wiener. Like when he calls the Imperials. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's just like, oh yeah, okay, let's call the Imperials. Well, no, and that's how, you know, uh, uh, oh my God, Callus knows where to go and find the rebels with their disruptor beams as they're trying to sell them to that that horned guy that i don't think is going to turn out to be a good guy at all no never trust someone with horns it's pretty yeah never it's like it's like a character with a mustache in any movie you know he's turning on you at some point it's just bad news um we also get to see ezra use force push for the first time Mm -hmm. he throws callus um knocks him out and then they gather up Zeb, 3PO, mm-hmm. and R2, and they fly off. So Callus mm-hmm. is 0 for 2 now. And but he did beat goes... Zeb. He did defeat Zeb in one-to-one one combat, though. Which yes, he did. It's very interesting because Zeb is but, quite but, the warrior. But he, he defeated him in combat only because of the blast. Zeb just took, I think so. Zeb, Zeb kind of took the brunt of that. Callus was able to get up just a little bit quicker. So. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, you're right. He wins. He wins. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how you win. It's how you win. Yeah, they both went through the same conditions, I suppose. So, uh, Kanan tells Ezra that his Jedi training is going to start the following day mm-hmm. because Ezra is super impatient about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is not, a, be, not right? a great sign for a Jedi. <laughs> like if you're like a 12 or 13 year old kid and you suddenly, yes, like you wake up every day saying, "Mom, can I go? Mom, can I go?" You know what I mean? So it's not that I'm reasonable i think of it for ezra to act like that he's still a kid yeah and mm-hmm. interesting enough we also get to see like if you if you paid attention there kanan um as he says that training will start he the look on his face is like a little concerned mm-hmm. right because now he's like oh this is real i'm gonna be a teacher mm-hmm. and this is not something he's ever had to deal with before because yeah. we see more backstory on Kanan as we go through the show and his mm-hmm. his backstory is awesome. I really like it. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to um oh what's his face? Cal Cal Kestis. Mm-hmm. Very similar, right? Mm-hmm. So interesting. Uh and towards the end of the show, the ghost docks with the Tantia 4, which is Bail Organa's ship, and of course made famous by Leia. Later mm-hmm. on, when they escape from uh, the Imperial Cruiser. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it wasn't Imperial Cruiser. It was... A Star Destroyer? No, it wasn't. The, of... the Tantive Four leaves the shuttle of a rebel 
ship that has been like Vader. That's the Vader scene in the hallway, right? Like that's mm-hmm. not that's not an, an on an Imperial ship. So they're just trying to get off. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that meeting with Bale at the end. It's like, oh yeah, of course, C three PO and R two do belong to Bale. Yep. And it was interesting because it seemed like Bale knew that Kanan was a Jedi. You know, um, and I think we later learn learn that you know he's kind of one of the leaders of the rebellion behind the scenes and so he's the one that's probably in contact with Hera well and Bale so, yeah and the thing is though too Bale says what what does he say there something about kindness can fill a galaxy with hope yeah he's like that's a Jedi saying yes and so that's what canine Kanan says to him yeah and and that kind of almost gives it away yeah a little bit too well maybe maybe Bale knows beforehand but if not then now he knows Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he tells R2, you're recording the whole thing. And R2's like, yep. And then he starts showing him everything from the episode. So he knows he's got a good band of rebels. Yeah, and it's interesting because, him. right, the, the thought process is that it's Bale, Mon Mothma, and who else? Name another rebel leader. that, yeah. or not, not rebel leader, but senate leader that create the mm-hmm. initial band of rebels, right? So mm-hmm. Yeah, whoever's in that in that meeting there that Padme sets up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Big time. Which Mm -hmm. is pretty awesome considering that the rebellion was basically born from Padme before she Mm -hmm. One of the heroes. Honorable mention. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Episode four is Fight or Flight, which Mm -hmm. is kind of an interesting name. Nice play on words. Yep. Um, This Mm -hmm. episode is Heavy Zeb and... um, Ezra, mm-hmm. where they are basically, I, I, it's what's the mission that they have to do? Basically, they're there to work. It's it's for them to work together, yeah, by any means necessary. Like come together, you two. We can't have you being this mess. And so yeah. they do. Yeah, they Harry's just like you know what? I gotta put them together uh, on a wild goose chase. And they're just going to have to learn to work together, right? That's what she says. Don't come back without at least one of these fruit that nobody thinks they're going to be able to find. Jogan fruit. Jogan fruit. Which is interesting because it's very similar to that episode of um, Clone oh, Wars. The droid right? one? Yeah. The droid one? Yeah. yeah. Was that Jogan fruit as well? I don't know what that was. I want to say they were small little purple orbs. Yeah, it was in like a and little... these were like colorful, spiky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. They end up getting the fruit. Very, it's very just a funny kind of Zeb and Ezra mm-hmm. doing all that they can. But they end up uh, saving. I guess were they are they considered slaves? I guess because uh, they're, they're, they're about to be. They're yeah, like they're, be. there's a family farm where they are. People are. Oh yeah, this. Well, this that's guy the guy who Ezra sees at the beginning when he walks into town, right? Yes. He's, he used to know him and his parents. And, then, and, you know, the, the Empire is trying to muscle him out of his farm for the yes. land or whatever. Yes. And then later on in the episode, we see the Emperor go and they're like, oh, yeah, we're not actually here to buy your farm. We're here to take it. And they blow it up and they take the people of the farm and imprison them. <laughs> um, but I thought a couple of cool things from that episode, too. I really like uh, that we get to see Ezra has a crush on Sabine. Oh, yeah. You know, just the way he always looks at her and Sabine's just like, oh, my God, kid. Right. And then I also really thought it was a nice little uh, throwback that um, the pilot that Zeb steals the TIE fighter from yes. is the same pilot in Ezra's short. Is it really? 
It is the same pilot in Ezra's short. <laughs> That's good. Good for that. I thought that, that was a good little touch. Um, yeah, and I also thought this was a really interesting episode to see, like, Ezra's force development. Yeah, because he uh, ends up, doesn't he try to levitate some of those? Yeah, he tries to steal the fruit, yeah. right? He can't do that. Then he eventually, like, you know, he turns off the button. Um, you know, and I think it was really interesting, like, how much slower he was than Ray, <laughs> you know? Um like yeah yeah and, and this is exactly- actually a very powerful force user right yeah he is um so like to see the speed difference in their development while they're learning it on their own i think is now, people- was, was an interesting thing for me in the, this episode watching it now having seen the secret yeah. trilogy I wonder if people would would defend that as something along the lines of, well, the sequel trilogy is told over two hours, or uh, is told over two or three years, like all three. Well, years. even the Force Awakens, right? Like she goes from being captured, Bam. To, to mind control, to beating Kylo Ren. Yeah. Right. There's it's, no way Ezra would be able to stand up to even an Inquisitor right now. And and the defense for that from Disney was, the 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 light comes to equal the dark mm-hmm. like are you kidding me yeah i thought it was kylo was split right kylo split he just killed his father he thought that was going to bring him fully into the dark side and now he's questioning it then he gets shot by chewbacca's bowcaster so he's like off and he's off in two different massive ways so yeah i thought that's what they were trying to go for to say oh yeah well ray has been fighting with the staff as a slave for a poor girl on her planet or whatever. Yeah, right? It's stop. like, well, no, Kylo Ren is... He's a Force user. He's got the same power almost as Vader and Anakin and Luke, right? Like, very much the same pedigree. Mm-hmm. And he's trained. Yeah. He's trained. Ray's not. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so I, I like watching this episode, see how, you know, Ezra starts to learn how to calm his mind and, and do all that stuff. I thought yep. that was... It's kind of cool. It was awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. What's nice is, okay, so they steal this TIE fighter (laughs) and they dispose of the TIE fighter. We're all led to believe that they blew up. Mm -hmm. That is not the case. We'll find that out later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, They get back, they bring the uh, they bring the fruit back and the reaction from Zeb and Ezra, like, no big deal. And Hera's reaction is is actually pretty funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that'll take us to the end of Fighter Flight. Rise of the Old Masters. Just the name alone should get you excited because, oh, we're going to dip into some old stuff? A mm-hmm. little bit. Jedi Master Luminare Unduli uh, is said to have survived the destruction of the Jedi Order, but was taken hostage and was on the... Sound like a prison planet. Pleasant yeah. prison planet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a mm-hmm. trap. All put up by the Grand Inquisitor. Now, the Grand Inquisitor is somebody that we'll learn more of later on as we keep on moving. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome what he's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ezra is training. As the, the episode opens, he's, he's kind of like balancing on one hand on top of the ghost. Then, of, of course, like everybody else, loses focus. Mm-hmm. And we actually get to hear Jairus tell him, 
do or do not, there is no try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how they make fun of that line. It's like, well, you know what? I actually never really understood it. I don't know how you can do something without trying to do it. He doesn't understand why Grandmaster Yoda would say something yeah, like that. Yeah, he always said stuff like that. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, Zeb does Zeb things. <laughs> Shifts mm-hmm. the turret, which makes Ezra fall, which I think is mm-hmm. super funny. Um, and then, of course, they start bickering back and forth, but whatever. Uh, Kanan gets him to train a little bit with lightsaber training, I guess. Um, and Ezra's, again, impatient, right? Like you said, this, however however old Ezra is, you got to think he's, what, 12, 13 here? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Something like that, yeah. Very, very similar, I guess, to... Ahsoka, almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get they get basically Hera gets information. Uh, was this was this information transferred to them? I can't remember that. Or was it something on a holonet? Might have been something on it. It was so they were watching a news broadcast. Oh yes. They, there was a splice in from a rebel faction. Yes. To say that you're not alone in your fight against the Empire. Master Luminara is still alive and well and in this place kind of thing, right? Um, the hope is not dead for the galaxy. Something like that, Yeah. right? And so the Rebels are like, Kanan's like, oh, you know what? I don't want to be a teacher. Ezra's an unruly student. I'm not a good teacher. Luminara can teach this kid what to do. Yeah. Which I think was was, was an interesting... Well, like, it, he's running from his, 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 I don't know, his destiny or that and know, he's needed yeah because mm-hmm. ezra or uh, kanan isn't the teacher that ezra wants it's the one that he needs their their differences is what brings them together so well and that's mm-hmm. it takes time for kanan to understand that to become his master right and so he figures yeah the easiest thing to do would be to have a Jedi master actually train him. So mm-hmm. the thought that she might be alive, they've got to go and rescue her. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of brings Ezra down because he thinks that Kanan doesn't want anything to do with him, mm-hmm. which is, which is not the truth, but yeah. Kanan doesn't understand how to, that's what I like about this show. It's like, even here we're into episode five and it's, it's hard for them to be able to express what they want with each other it's it's, mm-hmm. like, it's a very yeah. it's a deep show yeah because Ken's only a padawan right his he's, right. his master died before he could you know do Finish the trials and become a jedi knight and so for you know it'd be like a grade six teaching a grade two student kind of at this point you know yeah i can understand his frustrations with um you know trying to teach esra like he doesn't know what to do he didn't even master everything himself so to try and turn around and teach this kid to be a Jedi when, like, he's probably not even a Jedi. Yeah. You know, like, he's got a relationship with Hera, right? Forbidden. Right? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, like, for him to suddenly have this responsibility thrust onto him, I can see why he struggles with it. And he gets frustrated. It's like, well, when it doesn't go the way he wants to right away because he didn't ask for it, first of all. He's not ready for it. And it's very hard for him to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's a good point. Um, so the rebels, rebels, the ghost crew, end up getting to the uh, what is it? Prison? What's the 
I forget the I name. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Something Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, they Salusha? get there. Segunda. I want to say it started with an S for some reason, but Stig- Stygian? Stygian. 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 Ooh, that sounds right. Maybe Stygian Prime. Stygian Prime. I don't know. Anyway, uh, they they land on a, it's not even a docking area. <laughs> it's just kind of like a they they yeah they land and they defeat the stormtroopers. Ezra though was supposed to stay put, doesn't, and alerts more troopers, which brings the rest of the crew out. They stop them, um, and then they're inside. And Kanan is using the Force in order to sense where uh, Luminari is. They get mm-hmm. to the cell where she is, but it's something's wrong. Something's not right. Mm-hmm. And they see, I don't know what, it wasn't a coffin. I don't it even know like what the thing that Maul gets put in. Yeah, very similar, eh? Like the Mandalorian prison cube, cube, cube or, whatever, or whatever. Whatever the heck they're called. Yeah, so she's in there, but it's her corpse? Mm-hmm. Like, is it even her, though? I think it is actually her corpse. Which is so sad. So yeah. she's dead. Luminari is dead. And all of a sudden, in the doorway, we see the Inquisitor. And he ignites his lightsaber. Kanan lights his. They start fighting. And it is immediately understood that the Grand Inquisitor is much more advanced mm-hmm. as opposed to Kanan. Which is interesting and again, something that we'll touch on later when we get there, because the Inquisitor was never a full-on Jedi. The Inquisitor was the head of the Temple Guard. Yeah. So, so apparently, like, the Inquisitor was somebody who, in the Clone Wars, when Barriss Afi was being escorted for her trial, he was same. the one that was leading her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting to see, because he, like, I, I want to know the the history of that like how do they become that are they failed jedi or are they are they jedi that are i guess moved to a different level of training because they have to become training guards or something along that i'd love to find out more about that we should look into that one episode Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah they start fighting kanan obviously his training is nowhere near where it needs to be in order to defeat the grand inquisitor he's very much holding back almost Mm -hmm. and they, they, as they're fighting, the Inquisitor kind of mentions that Kanan is using Form 3. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that he was trained by Deepa Baliba. Like, he calls out Kanan's master. Mm-hmm. Which is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way they get out of there, Ezra sets off a uh, a detonator, which blows up and that gives him and Kanan a chance to escape. Um the rest of the ghost crew are trying to escape and they realize that they're they're being jammed so they can't actually communicate with each other and the the inquisitor starts to go in on Ezra to embrace the dark side of the food. Mm-hmm. he's trying to recruit another pupil which is funny another inquisitor yeah. yeah which is funny because bridger has actually never heard of the dark side at this point Mm-hmm. He's like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, which is, which is like, wait, what? As like, yeah. and it goes to show the teaching from Canaan, right? It's just not there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand how to do it and mm-hmm. how to how to get across to Ezra. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, just kind of, kind of interesting, kind of funny. Um, Canaan and Ezra they meet up back with Sabine and Zeb. They continue to get away from the Inquisitor. The facility's on full lockdown, but they've got. They've got Chopper. Chopper is 
like R2D2 light. Yeah, yeah. But even like he does some pretty some pretty badass stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Um they end up getting onto the Phantom. The Phantom's got these creatures that are kind of helping them deal with TIE fighters, which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting. And they're brought on because of the jamming from the Ghost 2 or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Yeah, it's a beam signal or whatever. It's yeah. like the same they, frequency that these things operate on. They and legit love it. Like, yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, um, but yeah, then they get away. And then we get into the Luminari teaching Ezra thing because Ezra's upset about that. Mm-hmm. And Kanan now has to deal with that. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, he figures out what do or do not means. Mm-hmm. That it's not a try thing. It's continue to try. Mm-hmm. Don't stop trying. Mm-hmm. Trying means that you, you can continue to fail, but you will also learn from your mistakes. So mm-hmm. Kanan finds like a new resolve to train Ezra and Kanan or not Kanan, uh, Ezra accepts that. Yeah, and in that conversation too, like Ezra is kind of emotional, he's speaking before he's thinking, he's like, I don't want to be trained by the best Jedi Master in the world, I want to be trained by you. Yeah. Right? And so it comes out that Ezra does want to be trained by Kanan, he's just, you know... He's a kid. He's a kid, yeah. He doesn't know how to say things properly, he doesn't know how to follow through on his actions properly. And And all of this stuff is totally new to him, right? Like, he was an orphan on a planet where now he's on a starship and they're they're fighting the Emperor and it's just a whole grand expanse of what this was all about initially, right? Mm -hmm. It's happening so fast and now he has force ability and he never knew that that was a thing and Mm-hmm. it's all this discovery in such a short period of time and it's interesting mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. great start to to rebels i absolutely love this show i think it's fantastic it's so mm-hmm. underrated in my opinion yeah it is and like it it literally i, I would say the first two episodes the outside of the canaan thing where he's like well now everybody's gonna know and lights his lightsaber they were they were slow to get started Mm-hmm. And now we're we're running. Now we've got Luminare. We saw her dead body for a mm-hmm. few seconds. We've seen the Inquisitor. There's mm-hmm. there's Kane and Organa. Yeah, R two C three PO. Like now we're into it, and now we're getting like when you first start watching the show, the thought process of this is right around the corner from a New Hope. Mm-hmm. Like it's right there. There's some things here that need to happen that will set up a New Hope pretty awesome and it does as we go so nice introduction to rebels um next week we'll continue episodes six to ten and uh, those will be fun uh there's not a whole lot of episodes in this first season i don't think i think there's like 12 or 13 something like that there's they're all labeled all strange because some are specials yeah even though you know so like the first two episodes like they were technically a special but they're considered yeah, episodes. A, they're considered episodes. They yeah. just put the two, one and two together for Sparks of Rebellion. And I think the last uh, episode is also a special for some reason. Yeah, they finished with like a semi-movie, right? Yeah, it was it called Fire Across the Galaxy? Yeah. Something like that. And yeah. I love this episode. Oh, I can't mm. wait to talk about that one. 
It mm. honestly, That's the one they get James Earl Jones to come back as Vader for that episode, I think. I okay. believe so, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's our review of episodes one to five of Rebel Season 1. We're going to continue next week. Uh, you got anything else for us today? I got nothing else. That's about it. Um, we'll see you next week. Uh, where can we find you? On social media. I know you're not really. Uh, I'm not really on it, but you can try and get in touch with me with uh, at K E Y H O H at Kehoe at, well, that's it, at Kehoe. I love it. I love it because you can try and get in touch with them. I guarantee you, you won't. <laughs> no, I don't get notifications on my phone for Twitter because I don't even have the app installed on my phone. So. Oh, that's so good. Uh, you can find me DSO67. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. And of course, uh, pod underscore racers. <laughs> <laughs> it's great uh, we'll see you next week we're going to review episodes 6 to 10 we're going to talk about our top villains of the Star Wars universe and uh, whatever new news comes out uh, this week I guess as we move forward towards May the 4th which is looking like it's going to be a huge day in Star Wars so we're a couple of months away from that still but uh, should be some fun mm-hmm. see you next week Maddie. All right, take care peace <laughs>